Come on, come on, which is the latest from Mike Mills. You interviewed... Who did you interview for 20th Century Women? Did you interview somebody for that film? I thought you did, but I may be wrong. Anyway, Thumbsucker Beginners, 20th Century Women. So... This stars Joaquin Phoenix and Gabby Hoffman, who are brother and sister, Johnny and Viv. They are somewhat estranged after the death of their mother. Annette Benning is the answer. Annette Benning was who Quite you right. had. Thank you very much. I, I remembered that you had interviewed somebody and that was who it was. Thank you very much. Anyway, she has a challenging son, Jesse, and a husband who is struggling with mental health issues. He is a radio journalist who is working on a project in which he's interviewing kids about their lives in America and about what they think of their lives and whether adults listen to them and what they think of the future. He's broken up with his partner, so he's single, and he's now doing this project. She has to go away to tend to her partner, and she says, Johnny, look, can, can you step in and help? And he doesn't want to, but he does so, and he finds himself confronted with... It's like the mumblecore version of the kid from Uncle Buck. Do you remember that with John Candy and um, Macaulay Culkin? And Macaulay Culkin asks a whole ton of questions and <laughs> Uncle Buck says, you ask a lot of questions. He says, I'm a kid, it's my job. So this kid is very, you know, constantly, constantly asking, constantly questioning and has a whole load of uh, sort of role-playing things that he does with his mummy, which he imagines that he's an orphan. He imagines a whole lot. And she's very good at playing these games. Johnny is not so good at it. He tries to interview Child. Child then turns everything around and interviews him back. Here's a clip. Why are you alone? <laughs> I mean, who cares? Blah, blah, blah. They're saying, oh, I'm alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who cares? Did you tell my mom to leave my dad when he first got sick? Did you? I told her to take care of herself. Blah, blah, blah. No, it's not blah, it is. blah, blah. No, it's not. It is. So you see what I mean about the kind of, the sort of slightly mumblecore feeling about it it's a very gentle film what happens is he then as they start out very awkwardly but as you can imagine they start to form a bond that this kind of chalk and cheese relationship with them they start to form a bond he then needs to go to new york and so he asked jesse if jesse will come with him and just mum is what do you mean take him to new york he said well like, you know i need to do this she said okay fine so then they go to New York, and in fact, they then move on to other places. But a large section of the film does take place in New York. It's shot in black and white. It's shot by Robbie Ryan. And something about the black and white cinematography and the shots of them walking around New York, just talking about everything and nothing, reminded me of Manhattan. That similar kind of just sort of slightly gently musing, breezy sort of way, because Manhattan was shot by Gordon Willis, wasn't it? And... They walk under the L train, you know, under the elevated train, and as they walk, they're having these conversations which sort of slip between profundity and absurdity. On a couple of occasions, he loses sight of the kid very, you know, very briefly, but he loses sight of the kid and suddenly realises the great weight of being a parent. So there's a whole thing about the fact that essentially they're both children and during the course of their relationship, the, he realises what it means to be a parent. And the child realises what it's like to have this friendship with his uncle. And it's odd because it's 
it's very you know what's that phrase you used about a film just really you said it's, it was less than the sum of its parts yeah this is more than the sum of its parts okay. the individual elements feel very incidental and very uh you know almost accidental and yet the cumulative weight of them starts to approach something that felt quietly profound now I'm not entirely sure whether that's just something to do with an atmosphere of the film or whether it actually is quite. I've only seen it the, the once. It, it's got a wonderful soundtrack. Um, Aaron and Bryce Desner do the original music. And then it does things like it uses the piano playing of Emma Hoyt Segi, Marion Gabriel, whose work was all over that documentary Time, which is wonderful. And this also bit where they've got the, the San Francisco saxophone quartet play a version of Claire de Lune. Okay. And none of this sounds like it should work. But somehow it does, and somehow what you get is this kind of mosaic-like portrait of a brother and a sister who are estranged because of the loss of their mother, a mother and a child who are slightly estranged, but because this uncle moves into place, start to reform a bond. A, you know, a, a man and a woman, one of whom is suffering from mental health crisis, the other of whom is reaching out to him. With, so all these things are going on at the same time. It's very understated. I mean, bear in mind that Joaquin Phoenix, you know, recently hugely fated for Joker, which was a, you know, was a big performance. It's a big turn up to, you know, the thing about walking down the steps and doing all that stuff. This is like completely the opposite. And it, it did seem to me that if you were Joaquin Phoenix, this is exactly the thing you would do after Joker. After it's like completely the polar opposite. I was rather charmed by it. I, it, it felt very gentle and oddly move and every now and then it touched on things that that struck a nerve but i say it's like it is more than the sum of its parts